Welcome to the Recruitment Mentors Podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz. We're back with another edition of the Early On in Recruitment series where we're sitting down with recruiters who are early on in their recruitment journey to find out what they've learned along the way so far, the challenges that they're working through, advice for those that are also early on in their recruitment career and even advice for people that are wanting to enter the recruitment industry as well. Really excited to be joined by Katie and Jamie today from Storm2. So before we start uncovering their journey, and I've got loads of questions to ask, if you could both introduce yourself, Katie, I'll come to you first and we'll go from there. Yeah, so I'm Katie. I've been in recruitment for about 10 months now. I graduated last year. Really enjoying it. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Jamie? Yeah, I'm Jamie. I'm... um been in recruitment now for two years i graduated back in 2019 from uh, strathclyde in glasgow and uh yeah i'm now one of the managers here at storm two and uh, we specialize in fintech specific recruitment so katie and i both uh, run uh, teams within the engineering side of the business as well so specializing okay. in software positions software positions in the fintech world in the fintech world yeah, yeah love that okay so where where i always like to start is uh, jamie i'll come to you first how how did you end up obviously graduating in Glasgow, end up working in recruitment in London? Like how how the hell did that happen? Yeah, I think like most, to be honest, it wasn't uh, something I was particularly looking out for. Um, <laughs> I actually had a job to do wealth management in Dubai, and then kind of got cold feet at the last second. Um, really? What was that with like that Devere Group? Yeah, well, it was the viewer group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's like it's so infamous. it's so yeah, popular. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's very infamous. Yeah, infamous, yeah. you're going on like no salary at all. Exactly, it's just yeah. like yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, so um, yeah, I was reached out to by headhunter down here and thought, yeah, look, why not? Let's go down, uh, see what they have to say, and ended up interviewing with quite a few different recruitment businesses around London. Uh, kind of getting okay. a feel for it. I really didn't know too much about recruitment at all. Obviously, hear the stories, but not not really the ins and outs of it. And uh, yeah, really just enjoyed hearing all the founders' different stories and things and started getting more and more engaged. And then, uh, yeah, basically, in the end, went with the the CEO and the and, uh, leadership team that I, you know, believed in the story the most of and thought, you know, these guys really are ambitious. They want to get somewhere. And I thought, yeah, why not? Let's let's commit to it and move down. Yeah. Okay, Katie, before I ask you the same thing, I guess just interested, Jamie, like as you went on that journey of like oh recruitment like what is this blah 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 like I guess what as you were going through that what got you most excited about it so clearly you you'd been thinking about sales it seems like if you were gonna I know wealth management's a bit different yeah. that would involve sales but what ended up getting you I guess quite excited or that you maybe learned in that sort of journey that you least that maybe you didn't expect yeah I, th- I think it was the the way they were selling the organic growth opportunities to me I'm, I'm a pretty ambitious guy I want to like you know do really well really quickly and I love the idea of it being a sort of meritocracy based environment where you really mm. get out of it what you put in I think that was the the thing that really engaged me from from day one and then yeah I mean storm two the promotion structure they kind of sold to us seemed kind of unrivaled in the market so you know that that's kind of was one of my main ticking points from, from you know choosing yeah, yeah nice yeah so Katie, what about you? So if you graduated more recently, how did you yeah. find recruitment? Is, is there a story there? Yeah, so so I actually graduated from 
the University of Manchester and I did a physical geography degree. So <laughs> it was all, I was just learning about rivers, very scientific, <laughs> but I really didn't, yeah, I really didn't want to go into that. And one of my friends did recruitment and it just sat, sounded really, really fun to be honest. I'm quite competitive. So I used yeah. to do loads of sports and I just thought it might be something really interesting. Okay. So curious, is it he or she, your friend? He. How did he sell it to you out of interest? It was really, it was really about the money to be honest. Was it? Fair <laughs> enough. Just, yeah. Just doing really well. And, and the career progression as well. I think he didn't go to uni, but he, he was already leading a team within like two years. So that was really the, the main reason. Fair enough. So, so the next question I have for both UK, I'll come to you first is like, so obviously, obviously still early on in this journey, but obviously would have had assumptions and sort of, I guess, things that you would have thought about that recruitment would have given you skills or experience, but mm. always interested to find out what, what skills or experience do you think recruitment has given you that you least expected so far? Do you think? I think it's given me a lot more confidence, to be honest, because you've just graduated uni and I'm speaking to like loads of members of the C-suite in mm. big fintechs in the States. And you, to win business, you have to be confident, don't you? You have to be confident in what you're selling and and um, what you're talking about as well. So that's, I think that's probably the main thing. And what and what do you feel like that's, that's also then, that confidence is also showing up in not just your professional life, but personal life? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I love that. That's amazing. So quickly on that, before I come to you, Jamie, the same question, just talk to us a bit about, obviously, I'm sure you wasn't as confident as you are now from the very beginning, I guess. What were some of the things that helped you cultivate that confidence out of interest to speak to those types of people that you that you just mentioned? I think really the, the only thing is practice, to be honest. Really? And, yeah, I, I think obviously um, reading around fintech, learning a bit more about it. And then, as Jamie said, we, we're in the engineering vertical. So I didn't know anything about engineering. But yeah, re- reading about it, talking to candidates and also like learning from the directors and JC as well. Okay, fair enough. So just really, I guess, just go out of your way to learn as much as possible so you do have exactly, yeah. more, more context. Yeah, fair enough. Jamie, so what about for you then so far? Obviously, you've been in recruitment a bit longer, but like what clearly you ha- felt like you had an idea in your head of what recruitment would have given you, what you hoped it would, but like yeah. what skills or experience do you think it's given you that you least expected so far? Yeah, I definitely reiterate the confidence piece because I've really, through uni, I'd say my one of my biggest weaknesses was like presenting, I don't really like the, the kind of public yeah. speaking element to it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like quite a confident guy with my friends group, but when it comes to public speaking, just understand <laughs> it. There, there's a lot of situations here where, you know, we're meeting, as Katie said, C-suite of businesses that are, you know, really, really accomplished people. And I remember yeah. um, six, six months and uh, we went over to, to Stockholm and I basically had to go around and meet loads of CEOs by myself and sit down wow. with them and co- confidently speak about the business and pitch to them, you know, six months out of uni. And it is that, you know, it comes back to that imposter syndrome type thing. Mm. Uh, you are mm. thinking, you know, what what are the justifications for me sitting in front of you guys <laughs> and pitch, pitching a business that I've only been in for five months? But no, it, it really is. Confidence is a, is a big player. Uh, and then the other things I think that I've massively learned from is the keeping my emotions in control. I mean, it's something there's mm. a lot of a lot of elements in recruitment where things might not go your way or, you know, candidates, people are very tricky uh, you know, objects to deal with. And there, there's lots of things, you know, in, in play and uh, being able to be kind of patient on that side and not be too affected personally by things that are outside of your control is is definitely something I've benefited from. Or, or yeah, you, de- you definitely go through that a lot in the beginning. Like 
yeah there's a obviously you could you really sort of when you're doing those deals or first couple of deals you're like really at that high but and then when things go wrong you can be quite really low it's you just get better at staying a bit more grounded and sort of not being too high with the highs and too low with the lows i have to ask you jamin and katie feel free to chip in after but i've spoken to a lot of recruiters that even two years a year down the line like they really struggle with what you just described there like that justification of like who am i to be sitting down with these people and to be talking about why they should be using our service or working with us would you mind just talking to us a bit about like what comes up for me is i feel like there's no alternative besides like just owning that do you know what i mean like yeah i don't think you're going to get very far by trying to pretend you've got more than five months experience than you have do you know what i mean like how did yeah. you work f- through that besides just getting yourself in those situations and i guess just learning and how you could have done better in that last situation but like how did you just work through that because a lot of people will struggle with that and i hear that a lot I, th- I think my process for it was two two different things one is i think you really do need to believe in what you're selling and like creating a way that you can really believe and get behind what what you're trying to you know pitch to to these people and secondly i, I can't remember who it was that that you know gave me this idea but basically to treat any of these c-suite or really senior people as if they're your your best friends mom and dad because ultimately it could be your best friends mom and dad and you know, <laughs> how, how, how you'd how you'd speak to them is how you know how you should be speaking to these people they'll probably treat you the same with the same level of respect if you you know approach it like that and that was something that just kind of settled a few nerves uh the first few you know conversations okay. i had did you just address it did you say did you like own the fact that like look we're at storm two we have big plans this is what we believe in I've been working the business for this time. Like, did you own that? Because I think sometimes people get worried. Like, did I do I try and like be perceived that I've got more experience than I had or whatever? Did, how did you approach yeah. that? Yeah, I, I think it's yeah. We we were more selling like these are the ambitions we want to do rather than this is the short five month stint that I have done. Yeah, um, yeah. And and they yeah trying to get them bought into that rather than what you have already accomplished. Because at that point, you know we'd. You know, just started adding our first set of contacts to the system and things. I mean, <laughs> if, if we were if we were trying to sell them on that, I don't think we'd have got very far. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Katie, okay, what about you? Have you have what? How did you process this or approach this? Because this is a really common challenge that people go through. I think it is just it's just something that you learn over time. To be honest, that it, it gets mm. easier, and um, I definitely suffered with it at the beginning, that imposter syndrome. But I think just the more client calls you have, I think the easier it becomes. Yeah, fair enough. So, Katie, why don't we obviously talking about, we're talking, about, I guess, a bit about it there, but I guess any other challenges that you've had to work through in the past year? It is similar, but I think it is just the candidate control. I think that's a big mm. challenge that I've had in recruitment. Obviously, there's only so much you can do to persuade someone to, for example, take an offer. So sure. it, it is hard and, and it is you do get really invested into it, don't you, emotionally? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, I think that's definitely the biggest challenge I've faced if I've had, say, offers rejected. So like, well, as in also like just, I guess, just trying to like not go home and like think about that until you go sleep as well as part of the Yeah, challenge. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. And then I guess, Jamie, for you then, I know we we're just speaking a bit about a challenge, but I guess the, what I'm interested in is, and I'm sure this is maybe how you would describe it now, or you may have heard it be described, but most people would say, like your first year, first two years in recruitment, it will be probably one of the hardest. So just trying to paint a real picture of the challenges that people can expect. So any other challenges that you've maybe had to work through, or maybe you even support some of your team with now? 
yeah, I mean, we've not been short of challenges, to be fair. Uh, <laughs> there's been, uh, obviously, uh, the pandemic uh, to, to work through in our first year, you know, operating as a business and trying to learn recruitment at the same time was, you know, a couple of things to juggle. And I think just like getting the, uh, right, getting the brand name out there as well. I mean, you know, there's, I think, over 40,000 40, recruitment businesses in the UK. Yeah, what, what makes you guys different to anyone else that's emailing us and I can imagine these people get hundreds of the same types of emails every day. So, yeah, I think I think the challenge is just really standing out and, yeah, believing in, in what we're selling, as I said before. Uh, they, mm. They've been kind of the key ones. And then sort of internally, a challenge for me through growing into more of the leadership type positions has been learning the, the switch between, um, you know, just recruiting day in, day out, which is what I did every day for, you know, the first year to to now stripping that back and putting my success in other people's hands. Uh, that That's something that I had never experienced before in my life, like yeah. basically relying on others for my own success. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's something I'm still adapting to, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's super exciting stuff. And we've got great people like Katie under me that's making my job a bit easier. Yeah, yeah. Just talk, just talk to us a bit. So like, I'm just interested because obviously I would say most ambitious young professionals who want to get into recruitment will say, look, Jamie, I want to join your team because I want to progress. Right? I want to yep. get to the position that you are, whatever. So I guess you're now obviously in that. I know you're still learning a lot and everything, as you said, but like you've got, you're obviously on that journey where you're like, right, I'm on the right track. I've progressed so far. This is why I wanted to join the industry. Has there been imposter syndrome show up if you're now leading a team or I don't know, how have you actually, because you're basically, what you just said is you're doing a lot of things for the first time or continuing yeah. to leadership yeah. stuff so like how are you working through that how are you I making think- sure that doesn't get the best of you this podcast is proudly partnered with vincere who are more than just a recruitment crm they are the recruitment operating system now i can continue to tell you how great this product is and how great vincere's operating system is but i think what's always best is to hear from Vincere's customers on how it's impacted their recruitment business. So here's a very quick snippet from a recent conversation we had on this podcast with Steve Thompson from Forward Roll, who spoke about how Vincere has enabled to grow his recruitment business. And if you want a no pressure demo on Vincere, how it could impact your recruitment business, then make sure that you use the link in the show notes. And because you listen to this podcast, you will get exclusive savings. If you haven't checked it out already, make sure you do. Let's have a listen to what Steve had to say. We were the first medium-sized customer of Vincere a couple of years ago and did a lot of work with them on their product roadmap for the UK. Um, got a really lovely partnership with with them as a business. We chose it because it's an incredibly intuitive tool. Um, it's incredibly powerful and, and that's really weaponized our staff, I think. Um, so yeah, Vincere, is, I think it's definitely helped with our, with our growth. Yeah, I'm just always not afraid to ask questions. I think, you know, it's, it's a journey where you're expected to to pick things up quickly if you want to do well. Um, mm. You know, so it's so always asking and trying to Im- improve your skill set sort of day in, day out. Something that, you know, I've always tried to do, especially from, you know, we've got great directors in Storm 2 and I'd love, like, they've, they've been there, done that. And, you know, asking them, you know, how to do it, what's their opinions and things has, has really helped me massively. And also kind of, always renewing my belief system i think you know if you're if you set your beliefs in i want to achieve be a manager and then you stop there then you you probably will only hit that whereas yeah yeah i think i think with the ambition side of things it's, it's super important to keep 
sort of editing your belief system as your your skill set grows and that's what's kind of enabled me to keep kind of spurring on and trying to hit the, the hit the next targets yeah i really like that renewing your belief system so katie what i want to find out from you then is i guess like knowing what you know now what advice would you give to people who graduated this year considering recruitment or may have had the similar conversation like you did with a friend what what advice would you give them to i guess just have the best possible chance of making it as much of a success it can be in in those first 12 months yeah i think really it is just about working really hard and i guess on to your point previously about challenges i think one of the biggest challenges if, with recruitment is that like the hours can be long sometimes because okay you may have friends who are a lot of my friends work nine to five and you have to make sacrifices, don't you? But I mm. think I, I don't work as long as I used to. And I do definitely, you know, reaping the rewards becoming like a manager within first seven, eight months and get your own team. It's just things that you can't really, can't really get if you, if you don't really put in the hours at the beginning. Yeah, yeah for sure. What So for you, then it would just be like, just commit basically and really apply yeah. yourself. Yeah, exactly. Just put everything into it. So on this then, if you don't mind me asking, so just a lot because a lot of I think a lot of people obviously are I don't know I don't want to say worried but like apprehensive maybe like talk to us about so when you say you've had to like really put the work in what talk to us about a typical day then when would you start when would you finish typically I know it varies, yeah. but typically yeah it, it has changed a lot over the last few months as I've moved moved into management because um you, you have your own clients and everything but at the beginning i I've always sort of started around eight, half eight, and then yeah. finish around uh, half six, seven. But then yeah. I work the American market. So there's a lot of times when I used to take calls at like 9, 10 p.m. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I don't do that anymore. And at the end of the day, yeah, you if you're working a different time zone, you sometimes have to. Yeah, so that's obviously a big factor, isn't it? To know, yeah, yeah. Of course. yeah, fair enough. Okay, so really apply yourself. Cool. Yeah. Jamie, what what about you? What what would you say to obviously you've you're obviously two years down the track now. What would your advice be to people entering the recruitment industry that really um, wanted to make a success of it? Yeah, recruit recruitment I'd say is like playing a piano at start. You you learn lots of like individual keys and uh not many of them join up. But then uh what, you know, as 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 you get this in the swing of things, it all starts, you know, your your head starts connecting with your hands and it all starts making, you know, it starts paying off for you. Great so, analogy. Uh, yeah, no, I think outside of that, you know, just be be kind of open-minded and, and get stuck in is, is the most important thing. Like the, the grads we've seen do best are the ones that are just so open to learn and ask mm. lots of questions when they start and are just really keen to to get the ball rolling. Um, the, the, the ones we see kind of slower starters are the, ones that are still in kind of uni mode when you enter the the recruitment life like it is mm. it is a bit of a jump going from uni to to recruitment what, what's, they, you, what's uni mode waking up at like 1 p.m yeah, uni, yeah. yeah <laughs> so, just, just kind of going through the motions but i think it's i think yeah, it's yeah. one of the it's one of these uh, jobs where as i said before it's you get out what you put into it um yeah. so you can actually see you know we've had people doing deals in the first sort of Four six four to six weeks, uh, but then there'll mm -hmm. be other people that won't do them for you know four or five months, and it, that's purely because there's ones that are just super super hungry to go and get it and and get stuck in early days. Yeah. Okay. So I just wanted to ask you both this, and so I guess on sort of Katie's point, I'll come back to you, Jamie, first on this. Like, obviously, with us, I think something that I've I've definitely seen. Let me know if you disagree or agree, but. I do feel like I'm sure you've sort of come to realize that there definitely can be a quite high turnover rate 
in the recruitment industry, right? And I do feel like part of that, although it's a, it'll be a complex thing, there'll be so many different factors, I do think part of that for sure is people putting in the work but and then like building unsustainable habits and burning out or just yeah just I guess just working too hard trying to like just work every other hour of the sun and three months down the line they're just like I can't do this forever so I guess the, the question is is like knowing that you have to absolutely apply yourself what were you mindful of or what did you make sure you did personally to make sure that you didn't burn out out of interest or was that even something you was thinking about? Yeah, I think um, you have to take your holidays, don't you? I think especially at Storm 2, they really say, you know, you should take every single day of your holiday. And I think as long as you take your holiday and you have a, a nice week off, then I think, you know, you can recover. Another thing that I've been doing more recently is setting limits on my phone on my apps so I won't check my emails or all things nice. like that because you and and weekends I wouldn't work weekends I think you just do need to step away from it that is the most important thing yeah so mate just being really intentional with space that you give yourself that isn't like oh, I'll just check this email here exactly and, and yeah make sure you take your holiday yeah yeah <laughs> definitely yeah fair enough what what about you Jamie anything that you as aware of or maybe you try and you've sort of encourage your team to do to maybe avoid this yeah i mean to be honest the the leaders storm tour are really really good when it comes to personal wellness uh, it's something they look out for i think they each of them have been in sort of cowboy type environments where there isn't the emphasis on the mental well-being especially when we're working from home like they strongly encourage you to take as katie said any holidays when required we have you know a personal wellness day kind of once a quarter things like that just to make sure everyone's re- recharging the batteries uh, and then, to be honest, the, the working hours, uh, especially, well, for us anyway, there's no expectation to work, you know, past nine, uh, well, in between nine and six, past past that time. Um, and, you know, we, we get, you know, a full hour for lunch and everyone's encouraged to kind of go to the gym or go a walk at least. And uh, that's something I encourage my team to do as well, because I just feel any, anyone that does it, it's just feel, you know, the days split up really nicely and everyone's feeling refreshed. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing, isn't it? Is like that expectation piece, isn't it? Because I think what can also really encourage that feeling of burnout or or just those decisions is that oh, like if I don't stay until this time, Jamie's not going to be happy. Do you know what I mean? If you if you've got people feeling like that, then it's 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 you're in trouble. Or if you're no, feeling like that, yeah. that that isn't that isn't fair, really. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's such an important point. What I'd love to find out from both of you, Katie, I'll come to you first. This is, I guess, just obviously most most recruitment may or may not have, have, have sort of got a grasp of this, but I saw I saw a post uh, this week actually where there was like some LinkedIn stats around like it, there's, this is the sort of, can't remember what country it was in, but it was like the most amount of recruitment jobs posted pre-COVID levels basically in terms of recruitment vacancies. So there'll be a lot of recruitment agencies that either listen to this or out there that want to hire people like both of you young ambitious driven people but what i want to find out from both of you is like what type of companies what actually excites young people today in your in your opinion in terms of like the types of companies that people are actually really motivated to work for or get excited by is it the ib for incentives is it being able to afford a rolex you know what i mean like what i don't know what what what's your opinion on things that you feel like actually connect with the young people of today out of interest? Yeah, I, I think um, just having a lot of autonomy in your in your role, that's something that really appeals to me. I, I, like Jamie said, I don't think leadership at Storm 2 are, 
are controlling at all like as mm. long as you get the work done i think for me the opportunity for international travel is probably the biggest really for me yeah, yeah like as i said i've been here for like nine months or, ne- or nearly a year now i think and i've already got like trip to singapore pending trip skiing potentially nice. the opportunity to move to new york next year so i yeah. think things like that really do appeal to me yeah interesting jamie what about you what what resonates with young people in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, pretty similar. I don't think anyone's going to turn down a holiday to Ibiza uh, or, you know, a trip over to the States. But yeah, I think, as I said earlier, the the thing that really got me was when speaking to the different founders was, you know, who had the the most ambitious vision for the business, you know, where you could go internally. Like it was mapped out very clearly to me where, you know, the potential for growth internally for me, which was such an important factor. Um, Yeah, yeah, I mean, the the commission structure and things is is very, very good at Storm too. But I mean, there, you know, a lot lot of companies have commission in place. So you have to look past that. And and, yeah, the the real selling points for me were, where does this uh, company want to go? If I come in here and do really well, where will I, you know, where will I get to? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and that was that was super clear. And also the thing uh, we, we haven't mentioned is, you know, Storm2 only hires grads. So we have a team of people that are all very, very similarly similar. motivated. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've, I've met some of my, you know, I, I be, can confidently say that we friends for life. And, you know, I look forward to going into the office every day just to see all the all the smiling faces because we all do get on really well. And it's a good, you know, good company culture. Yeah, great atmosphere. Yeah, camaraderie yeah. and everything. Yeah, that's yeah. that's awesome. So a couple of final questions then before we finish. So I guess, Jamie, let come back to you, I guess. I'm just interested to get your thoughts on this. So practical advice for people who graduating this year or trying to enter the workforce for the sort of first time. From what I understood about Storm2 outside looking in, obviously they were trying to hire a lot of people. I'm sure you, both of you would have uh, been applying when loads of other people applying at the same time would have been competitive. So I guess the question I have for both of you is like what like knowing what you know now supporting people with their sort of career and all the context you have now like what would be your sort of best advice for people like you who may have just been graduating to stand out and and sort of stand out amongst the the competition and the amount of people that will be applying for similar jobs This podcast is proudly partnered with Sourcebreaker, who are changing the way recruiters work. This week, I just want to tell you or continue to tell you about the fantastic opportunities Sourcebreaker currently have within their organization. So if you don't know, Sourcebreaker is widely used across the industry. You have companies like Hayes, S3, Austin Fraser, Premier Group, G2V, Harvey Nash, Next Ventures, So many great recruitment brands use Sourcebreaker and absolutely love it. So I want to tell you about the opportunities they currently have at their business. And you're going to very quickly hear from a chap called Joshua Dowling-Kennedy, who went from working in recruitment to working at Sourcebreaker for the last five years, progressing from sales executive to now head of field sales. I spoke to him about his journey so far and why he would recommend recruiters who are potentially open to transferring their skills to tech sales and what that has been like and why some of you may be open to considering that opportunity. So here's Josh. And if you like what you had to say, if you are interested, then click the link in the show notes to check out some of Sourcebreaker's latest job opportunities. But also if you want to directly connect with Josh, then do that on LinkedIn. So in terms of why some 
an unbelievable place to work. It's, you know, the, the culture and the people that are just unbelievable. You know, it's a really high performance culture, but, you know, everybody is, you know, ultimately mates, the guys who run the business, you know, treat us really well. Loads of incentives. We go out all the time, um, lunch clubs, socials, parties. But, you know, the, the crux of it is, you know, the day to day is just really fun, exciting and yeah one of the best cultures I think out there and I think that right now is probably one of the best times to join the business just purely because you know we're back to to high growth we're going to be opening offices elsewhere you know some of the new developments on the on the platform are going to be absolutely outrageous so yeah it's a phenomenal business an unbelievable time to join looks like the future is going to be um, amazing with the business in terms of the interviews themselves, like show your ambition and your key drivers, that's something like we certainly look out for. We want people that are going to come in and, and really be hungry to succeed. That That's an important one. And in terms of resilience, I mean, recruitment something that it's a bit of an emotional roller coaster at times. And, yeah. you know, not, not everyone is cut out of it. And I, I, I think that's why the attrition rate is pretty high. But, um, you know, if you can talk about times where you have gone through adversity and come out the other side, um, you know, stronger. I think that's something that that sits really well with the, the founders of these businesses. Uh, and also, you know, it sounds trivial, but turn up looking tidy to an interview because <laughs> uh, the, the number of people we've said said no to just because looks like they just rolled off their couch is, uh, is another one. <laughs> still, still in uni mode, mate. That's, yeah, yeah, still that uni that's mode. That's it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> what, what about you? What would be your tips for people that are trying to enter the workforce? this year? I think, yeah, I think really just outside of work, just talking about what you are passionate about. Obviously, mm. it, it's no secret that the money is a huge driver for, for people in recruitment, is it? And if you have a passion, if you have something that you do want to spend your money on, whether it be holidays or, I don't know, like Louis Vuitton bags or something, <laughs> I think if you can speak about that, it, it does show that you will be motivated to work really hard. Fair enough. Final question. I'll come to you first, Katie. So I guess final question just is, obviously, like both of you shared, really, obviously, a lot of people end up in recruitment quite accidentally right so I, I do really feel like recruitment should be more of a career choice for sure um because of loads of different things that you shared with us today on what it can support you with help you with give you professionally so final question really is like why why do you think people should actually be considering recruitment as a career choice rather than it being an accident out of interest from your point of view i think number one would probably be career progression there's not a lot of companies where grads can join and you can be like JC, for example, could be director in a few months. There's not a lot of companies mm. where you can be two or three years out of uni and be a director of a company. So I think that would be the number one reason. Progression is it's real. Yeah. It isn't a fad. Apply no, yourself. You can achieve it. Yeah. Yeah. Not with Storm 2. Definitely not. Yeah. Love that. JC then, final final point. Why, why should people consider recruitment as a career rather than a career choice rather than accident? Yeah, de definitely. The, the growth opportunities is, is a huge thing. And like, the one the one fear I had of coming out of uni was I didn't want to be a small cog in a big wheel and, mm. you know, spend spend 15 years of my life trying to get to somewhere that I'd have, you know, just a bit of influence where, you know, the reality is it took, um, you know, about 18 months to get in a position where we're making significant business decisions every day, leading 
teams, uh, you know, pushing for us to the sort of director level and the international opportunities is, is something like, as a reality, we're, we're, you know, in talks with it just now about moving abroad and open up our own offices and things like that. So yeah, the growth thing is huge. Money is important. I mean, the ability to pay off your student debt in two years yeah. after after uni is, you know, it is possible doing, doing this career choice. And also just like personal happiness. Like I, I as I said before, I'm, I'm happy turning up to work every day. You know, I share, share I share a flat with three other guys from from school, and a couple of them doing accounting and, uh, and other other degrees. And I, I can tell you, they're hating life compared to me. <laughs> the uh, you know, the, yeah, there's uh, there's there's plenty of plenty of ups for it for sure. And I, I yeah. think it should be seriously considered a, as a career because it's yeah, it's, just, it's a great job, and we Katie and I have lots of fun. Love it, Jamie and Katie. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much yeah. for uh, getting involved with the series. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having us. Well done on making it to the very end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I've done my very best to try and level up this podcast that will hopefully mean that you can take even more learnings from these conversations and apply it to your own recruitment career. Like always, if there are any particular topics that you would love me to cover with future guests, then please get in touch with me. The best place to reach me is on LinkedIn. Send me a message. What would you love me to cover with future guests? If you have enjoyed the podcast, then it would be amazing if you could leave a honest review in your favorite podcast streaming platform. That will simply mean that we're able to reach more people with this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to subscribe completely free on your favorite podcast streaming platforms. And we'll be back next week with a new episode of the Recruitment Mentors Podcast.